Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 80 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. This week, we'll be addressing all your woes to derriere with another 3x3 episode where we're building decks around commanders that care about those thick, thick behinds. Before we get to that, though, I am Brad Dragfee, and it would absolutely not be a PDH pod without my co-hosts from the East Coast. First up, Dave the Alcadron Vader. How was your holiday? Pretty good, mostly. For mostly? The first, <laughs> for the first time in, like, you know, the last two episodes started with me being like, everything sucks, I'm still really sick. <laughs> so, uh, I am very pleased to announce that for the last couple days, I have not been sick, and it feels great, and about... 20 minutes ago oh no my wife took a covid test and it's positive oh so no we <laughs> just got to my parents house we are figuring out what that means there are there were some planned there were some events planned sure other some, people some holiday activities yeah uh yeah. things are going to change <laughs> pretty dramatically so <laughs> um the short answer is my holiday is going really well because i'm at my parents house and i love being here Excellent, excellent. Uh, but there are uh, a number of complications. Yep, we'll, well get we'll get through. Kudos for being at the parents' house. Sorry for yeah. the rest, I guess. Yeah, that's all right. All right. Next up, as usual, is our resident PDH PhD Liam. How is your holiday and break? Uh, I appear to have found Dave's sickness. Oh, it it, yeah. it transferred over, huh? Yeah. Uh, it's it's nothing nothing too major. Uh, nothing like what he had, but. Just last couple of days have been really rough in the stomach area, so hoping that goes away eventually, and I can you know sit down <laughs> on my break. It's oh, it's been a lot and of actually okay. enjoy your break. Yeah. It's been a lot of like laying and standing, not a lot of just you know sitting. So not a lot of chilling out. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's winter break for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you said in in the uh, pre-show, at least it's not happening while you're back in session. Right, and it it could definitely be worse. So yeah, you know, I'm taking the wind where I, where I can. Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right. Before we get to the main topic, let's do a little bit of uh, housekeeping for the end of the year. If you like the show and you like what we're doing, consider supporting us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash the PDH pod. By being a patron, you get access to the pre-show, which is usually about an hour or so, a little mini episode, if you will, of just us catching up for the week, filling out show notes, laughing about deck builds, all that sort of thing. Uh, you get early access to the episode before it goes live. I usually post that the night before, as well as the show notes whenever Patron decides to play nice with the link to the Google documents. You also get access to the show notes, so you can check that out and figure out what we're talking about. It usually has like hyperlinks and different things in there for you. Uh, and then finally, you get access to the PDH Pod Discord server, where you can chat with us. You can get help with your decks. You can chat with the entire PDH Pod patron family. Uh, spoilers, all that kind of good stuff. Share your dog pics. Talk about your LGSs, all that good stuff. And then lastly, you can check out the YouTube channel and our Twitch channel. We're just the PDH Pod on both of those platforms. And the latter is where I stream Spelltable uh, Popper Commander, usually every Saturday evening, sometimes during the week. If uh, if I've got time, so check that out, and I think that cleans up that house pretty well. What do we got for this week in magic? Uh, nothing. 
Oh. Absolutely nothing. There's absolutely there's, nothing in the greater world of magic. There is nothing going on because they are all on holiday break. Yep, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, that, that, that's, that's what you get when Watsi goes on holiday. <laughs> you know, it's it's great. There's nothing new, nothing controversial, nothing. Well, I mean, Twitter, tw- tw- Twitter's controversial, yep. but, but yeah, Twitter's no, going to Twitter. Not nothing that like Wizards of the Coast put out that's controversial. Uh, Correct. Which is which is fantastic. Uh, next week, I can't promise the same thing. I'm well, I I, I guess because they go back on tuesday or wednesday so like you know they've got like a 24-hour window to, to do yeah, before we re- record the next episode <laughs> yeah yeah uh but in general it's going pretty good now in the pdh world there was a pretty Ooh. big announcement that we will get to <laughs> later yeah stay tuned towards the end if you haven't heard already well cool i guess that wraps up this week in magic that was a pretty easy one absolutely super easy that was, yeah super easy uh, let's move on into our main topic here. Sort of like I mentioned in the intro, we are back with our semi-monthly, yeah, semi-monthly installment of our patent-pending three-by-three deck-building series. This time, though, we're putting together giant piles of uh, thick booties. I guess is what we've been talking about. Uh, if you're new to these three-by-three episodes, sometimes four-by-four. If if we have a guest on with us, uh, we usually pick an archetype as a group and then or a, or a specific strategy even then we pick a commander to build around and then we do basically a full episode where each of us breaks down the decks based on different pillars how we built the deck and that usually gives a nice chance to show off like how dave would build this strategy and me and liam and sometimes our guests like gives a, a little insight to our different our various deck building styles uh, and they're usually a uh, pretty popular episode so uh enjoy but as i mentioned there are pillars. We can't have a 3x3 three three without pillars. What do we got, Dave? I am delighted to tell you that Pillar 1 is named What Are Your Intentions for That Thick Booty? <laughs> uh, which is a super cute way of saying uh, we are going to read to you the text of our commander uh-huh. and every every part of the plan for what we're doing with the the toughness matters thing is going to become immediately very clear. Yep. Uh the commander tells you what the intentions are for them thick booties. For them uh, thick booties. Pillar 2 <laughs> is going to be show us the thick booty. We're going to yeah. tell you all about. Uh so we've already told you what the plan is for the thick booties, like where where they're going, what they're doing. We're going to show you how exactly how thick the booty's going to get. What what kind of cards <laughs> we're going to use to really mm-hmm. demonstrate Das Booty. Das um, and Booty. Pillar 3, obviously, how to not die. Uh, pillar 4, how to not run out of debt juice. That juice. This booty runs on juice. <laughs> it certainly you, does. You need, you need to not run out. It's critically important. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Did we it, it it's it's hilarious at this point that we usually spend, I don't know, an hour to an hour and a half talking pre show, doing show notes, talking about our decks, doing this and that, and there's always something we sort of like leave out of the show notes. I don't know how we skip over it. Do we want to introduce our commanders or just hop right into the pillars? I think we should oh, oh, that's actually a really good question because pillar one is basically the Read introduction. The text of our commander, right? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> mm. So I guess we just jump right yeah, into like, the commander. Yeah, I, yeah. Let's jump into the commanders and then call that pillar one. Perfect. Like, 
they're they're not separate in this game. Like once you understand what the commander does, you know what the deck does. Right. Yeah. There's mm. no need to yeah. uh, read the card and then read the card with extra sentences. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, pillar one, Brad. All right. For my pillar one, my uh, Das Booty deck, I picked uh, actually Catapult Fodder. It's uh, from Crimson Vow. It's a two mana double. It's a DFC. Is that what they call them? A double faced card. The yes. front half is a 1-5 zombie for two generic and a black. It says, at the beginning of your beginning of combat on your turn, if you control three or more creatures that each have toughness greater than their power, you transform the catapult fodder. And the backside is a 2-6 that has, it's also a zombie, uh, that has two generic and a black and tap and sacrifice another creature. Target opponent loses life equal to the sacrificed creature's toughness. So front and back, it just cares about toughness all over the place, and a lot of different ones too. So I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have to focus on like all four power stuff, five power stuff, what have you. It just wants them to all kind of be different, and then basically just yeet those beefy boys at your opponent's faces. Uh, it seems pretty mana hungry. I've noticed that with a lot of mono black decks anyway, regardless of the commander, that they're all all generally pretty mana hungry. Uh, but being able to sling giant butts at people is hilarious. You are quite literally yeeting the booty. <laughs> yeah, right at them. Yeah, there's no. We're gonna we're gonna skip combat straight <laughs> to face. It's just straight to face. Yep. Don't. Yep, yep. We don't need combat steps. We don't need to turn these things. Well, we have to turn one of them sideways, but we don't right. have to turn but the rest it. sideways. No, that's it. Just just the one. Blocking is for cowards, so we're taking that choice away from you. Yeah, there is nothing gonna, to even block. We don't, so. we don't want you to embarrass yourself. <laughs> just take 13. Yeah, just take 13 to the face. It's yeah, fine. Just pass your turn. That's good. Yeah. Uh, what are you bringing, Liam? I am bringing a Keru Bloodsucker. So Keru Ooh. Bloodsucker is a vampire that is a 2-2 for 2 and a black. Uh, and it reads, whenever a creature you control with toughness 4 or greater dies, each opponent loses 2 life, and you gain 2 life. It has mm -hmm. a secondary ability for 2 and a black to sacrifice another creature to put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on the Keru Bloodsucker. That is the same activated cost of my commander. Yeah. Nice. Great Great minds think alike, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, Dave, what is your uh, mono black deck? Uh, I am bringing mono black. Watley the Sun's Heart. Um, this isn't legal because mm -hmm. it's a planeswalker, not a creature. But right. I don't care. Neither should you. It's super Correct. fun. Planeswalkers commander is super fun. You should super fun. Yep. buy it. Uh, Watley the Sun's Heart is a three mana planeswalker that comes in with a staggering seven loyalty. And she has a static ability that says each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. There are you don't even other... have to pay for that. It's just it just happens. Just happens all the time. Yep. There there are other cards that have this ability. Um Rasad has this ability and also choose a partner. Uh there's some kind of lumber knot, a black green Mm, yeah, tree yeah. that has this ability and is a like a four mana zero four I think, and then there's a there's like a seven mana Selesnya dinosaur that also has this ability. Yeah. Um, all of them super fun, all of them extremely valid. I think Quatli's the most interesting 
she's also like the most sort of aggressive of them. Yeah. Because like, because it's it's only three mana. It's like the cheapest of them, and also it's like the hardest to deal with. Because like, you know, if you're if you're doing the Rasad deck and you you do a big attack with Rasad and you cast your your instant, it's gonna buff all the all the, the team's butts all over the place. Someone just murders Rasad and then your mm-hmm. your one elevens do one damage. <laughs> they do nothing. Damage. Like right. It's like instant speed removal that Merc's Planeswalkers is not only much more uncommon in our format, it's also, uh, like, there's there are fewer cards that do that, and there are fewer, people play fewer cards that do that, because Planeswalkers just aren't typically a threat right. for, for folks. So, uh, of all the cards that have this ability, you know, combat damage equal to toughness rather than power, I think Kuali's the most interesting, and also probably the most resilient uh, so I'm bringing Hwatli, and uh, that's that's the text of the card. Uh, Hwatli lets you do combat with butts, so my plan is to do combat with butts. Uh, Big ones. It's not more complex than that. Yeah, and like you said, you know, it's it's three mana, so you can be swinging for a minimum of eight damage on turn three. Oh yeah, yeah. like easily. that's huge. You can yeah. you can very easily drop a you know one mana o four turn one. Turn two, you drop a two mana one four vigilance, and then turn three, you're swinging eight damage <laughs> yep. at whoever you want. Like it's, it goes fast. It gets out of control in a hurry. Yeah, and it's, I, I like also, and I don't know, I don't play a lot of these style of decks, but I don't, I don't know how the others are worded, but it's just combat in general. It's not your attacking creatures deal, you know, toughness rather than power or that right. sort of thing. It's just combat damage. Yeah. The, yeah, the the one four with vigilance does that on attack and blocks. Yeah, the yep. the one four with vigilance and infect does that on attack <laughs> and block. Like, uh-huh. sure uh, yeah, it gets out of hand. And like yeah. a lot of them have vigilance. It's weird. Like, Yoishin Soldier secretly uh, a powerhouse for this deck. Yeah, three mana one four with vigilance. Sure, Sign yeah, it up. puts in work. Awesome. Well, that's our pillar ones. Pretty straightforward. I like this archetype quite a bit. I've looked at the, uh, what would you say it was called? The Lumber Knot or something like that? Yeah, I forgot this full name. Some kind yeah, of a- I could, Ancient I Lumber Knot. Ancient yep, Lumber Knot. That's the, the one. Golgari one. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. uh, 1 4. Oh, also from Crimson Vow. Yeah, it's Golgari, but it basically does the same thing. I've, been, I've looked at that one on and off since it got spoiled. I just haven't pulled the trigger on it. Right. I think I think the big sort of decision you have to make here is like what colors do you want to be doing big butts with? Yeah. The Swatley locks you into white green. Uh the and lumber it's pretty not... much just the Abzan area of colors, right? Like blue and red right. don't really have this effect at all. Well, that's what is really interesting about Rasad is he lets you choose a background. Oh, that's true. That's true. So you yeah, can yeah. you can be doing this with uh uh you know white, blue or white red if you want to be. I don't know I don't know if those things if those decks have legs, um, I think the white blue one is actually moderately popular. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I I don't know for sure. Yeah, yeah, and Rosada is a uh, very legitimate choice for this archetype or this strategy. I think it's just I think we sort of decided that it's probably in PDH at least it's one of the more well known or well played ones, so we didn't want to talk about it. But it's super powerful. Yeah, Rosad does. I think, I think stuff. people are testing him in the competitive sphere now. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I think we we need to have like a movement. We need to do we need to do a couple comp 
tournaments where like planeswalkers are allowed so people can like experience that and like play around with those ideas because i i want to see huatli in a comp event i think that would be really fun and, <laughs> i think like, it would be too yeah but like yeah if you want to take the butts matter a combat plan into a comp event i think rasad is the best that's legal yeah that's a good way to put normally it. i like that uh rule zero planeswalker competitive tournament idea though let me make a little note here <laughs> I yeah. like that quite a bit. I mean, Bob, Bobby's listening. You oh, know. that's true. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a topic for a future league. Ooh, there we go. Ooh. All right, let's uh, move on to pillar two here. Show oh, us hold, that hold, hold thick... Hold up. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about pillar one for you guys a lot. All I did was read my commando. What's your pillar one, Liam? <laughs> what is my pillar one? Thank you, Brad. Thank you. Uh, so my, my pillar one, the, the whole goal of the deck is uh, Mono Black and Sacrifice shenanigans, much much like Brad's is. But that is the means to the end. The end, though, is that we have a lot of value pieces that need 4-plus toughness, which I don't know how many you can name off the top of your head of aristocrat value pieces that have 4-plus toughness. Yeah. Yeah. Not many. Yeah. Not many. No, because typically in aristocrats you care about the text box, not really, you know, how squishy they are. So mm-hmm. it gets a little tricky. So we we can expand that a little bit. We can go to three toughness because they're easy to get to four. And yeah. the idea is that we just gain value off the text of the commander, right? The commander will drain each opponent and gain you life. That's that's the goal. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for pillar two now. Perfect. Yeah, I like. Sorry, I was skimming your deck list. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I like the idea that it's that it's mono black aristocrats, but it's playing the toughness matters mm-hmm. strategy. I like the combination of those two things. Oh, I should also look at your deck list. There's one card I'm really curious to see whether or not you're running. All right, you check out his deck list. I'll hop into pillar two real quick. Let's show us that thick booty and what what it has to do with the deck. So basically, mine's pretty straightforward. I, we sort of joked about it, but it's literally like I want to get the giantest booties that I can onto the battlefield and throw them at people. And I've got 39 creatures in the deck at this moment, and only like two of them have t- toughness less than their power. And they're all over the place, too. There's, you know, Bushmeat Poacher's got four toughness. I got Cemetery Gate with f- five toughness. Dread Rider <laughs> has got seven toughness. Gavany Unhallowed is uh two four like uh, i got some walls in here some cheap walls like gleaming barriers in oh four there's just up and down the mono black i guess spectrum there is a ton of different toughnesses and i didn't really realize it till i was putting the deck together that you know there's not like a standard mono black butt i guess like they're just all over the place mm. like the you know scream puff one of the new ones from whoa is a five butt uh, steel walls and 04 for one mana, like dropping them early and keeping them that way. Undercity Scroungers got four, but uh, we talked about, we joked about the the unhallowed phalanx phalanx in the pre-show. It's a 13, but like I don't think that flipping the catapult fodder is going to be difficult. For the most part, I think once I get my third creature on board, that's all it's going to take. Yeah, because they are literally I- all over the place. I, I've played around with this commander a little bit before, and that's my experience as well. It's like yeah. you, you basically just get your three creatures in play, and it just flips like that. Yeah. Even like, you know, Disowned Ancestor from Kanza Tarkir is a one mana 04. Yeah. I didn't realize it had a four, but like I knew yeah. of the card, and I've even like 
thought about playing it before and I just never realized that it was an 04. I thought it was like an 02, you know, whatever, 03 maybe. But no, it's got that four booty. Yeah. Yeah, I got puts in work. Yeah, for sure. It's got Outlast, so if you need it to get bigger and attack or, or, you know, keep people off of you for a while, that's fine too. You know, my Pillar 2 is basically just sort of like an extension of the Pillar 1 and showing you and telling you about the creatures that I have in here. Because that's what it cares about. It's mono black creatures with giantest booties possible. I love that. Yep. I kind of do too. What are, what's your Pillar 2, Dave? What do you got going on here? I am also here for the booties. Um, <laughs> green white creatures can get just an absurd quantity of thickness for a criminally low mana cost. So cheap. So, cheap. so uh, we're going to try to keep the Hotly plan really like low to the ground. We're going to try mm -hmm. to it, it feels weird to say we're going to be really aggressive with these one mana O4s, but <laughs> we're going to be really aggressive with the one mana O4s. There's like five or six just one mana zero fours. Yep. There's a two mana zero six. There's a two mana one five. There's a bunch of two mana like X4s. So we're going to try to be dropping threats turn one turn and turn two. Uh, Huatli's going to reliably drop on turn three every game. And it's it's going to be a while before anyone kills her because she's got seven loyalty. Yeah, for sure. And like, and her yeah, minus so she, ability isn't something that you're like super trying ability. to do a lot. No, we don't so, care about that. There's no yeah. minus ability. She's a <laughs> she has seven life. She can be attacked. That is the only way that that loyalty is ever going down. Yep. And it's it's going to be a while before anyone you know punches through seven damage at Huali. Right. Because, like, you have four fours with vigilance. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, if someone does, just play her again for five. Yeah, Huatli's never going away. Um, no, it's not so, a problem. Yeah, we're going to play threats turn one, turn two. You're going to play Huatli turn three. You're going to resume playing threats turn four, turn five. Uh, but you want to, the swings should start turn three. Um, some of the, some highlights from the, the highlight reel include uh, Joven's Ferrets. Is a one mana one one that gets plus O plus two when it attacks. Mm -hmm. uh, it's gonna whatever blocks it is gonna stay tapped down. Yep. So uh, one mana three three. Cool. One mana three three. Um, uh, God Pharaoh's faithful. One of my favorite cards in the stack. <laughs> so one mana zero four. Where anytime you play a blue, black, or red spell, you gain a life. Oh, Very beautiful. important. Perfect. That's super relevant for this deck. Lanawar Augur. Is another favorite. This is a one mana zero three. That's a spicy one in this deck. Really spicy in this deck. Like not only is it a, essentially a one mana three three attacker in this deck, but like also this deck is kind of really struggles with trample, like evasion basically. Like a yeah. lot of these like one fours zero fours, like they are not designed by like Wizards isn't going to put trample on this card. That would be dumb. <laughs> like, that would be dumb. So. These things like Wizards is designing these cards to be blockers. They're they're you know they're going to gum up the board. Like Wizards is not designing these cards to turn sideways, so they don't have evasion. They don't have trample. Uh, we have to we're going to have to work hard to to prevent our stuff from just getting chump blocked over and over again. Right. Um. So Lanawar Augur has an ability where during your upkeep you can sacrifice it to give target creature you control plus three plus three and trample until end of turn. So yep. in addition to being a you know, 
one mana three three it is also a great way to just punch through a bunch of chump blockers to make sure that your you know your one seven altasaur is definitely connecting as a ten 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 trample yep yeah um so uh, for four also... mana by the way for four mana that's yep. that's the top of our curve the four mana set <laughs> alongside the four mana five five flyer and uh my favorite four <laughs> mana drop is called trenching steed trenching steed is a four mana two three that lets you sacrifice a land to give it plus O plus three. So if you really need to sacrifice seven lands to deal 24 damage to someone, that is a thing you can do. In Have at step. it. Have at it. Yep. There's also just a bunch of like, uh, white has a lot of instants that will give your whole board like plus O plus three. Or there's a there's a the the other top of the curve is a four mana instant called Solidarity, gives your whole board plus O plus five. Right. There's there's and there's there's also just a bunch of permanents that give your whole board plus O plus one, like Spider Silk Armor, Fortifying Provisions, Parapet, Veteran Armor. There's a there's a three four that gives all of your attacking creatures plus O plus one. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we're just running a bunch of anthems. So we're gonna go. We're going to go fast, and we're going to go tall, and we're going to go wide and tall. Like, it just, the, you can get so much raw aggression out of this so fast that it's like yeah. a legitimate threat. And you, you got veteran armor. Did you mention that one? Yeah, yeah. That's the, yeah. it's one of the, one of the anthems that just gives yep. every, all your creatures plus O plus one. So good. And a lot of these cards, too, are like, you know, uh, let's see, Lumithread Field, Fortifying Provisions, you know, stuff like this, Vigorous Charge, even. Oh, not Vigorous Charge. I just learned about that card today. Uh, but by, like, Bar the Door, these are cards that I play, like, scattered out, sprinkled out through other decks. It's just, it's kind of cool to see them all here in the same same shell. It's nice. Because they all do really cool things, you know, really powerful yeah. things. Um, so putting them all together, I don't know, seems fun. I like it quite a bit. Yeah. I'm excited to have a home for those cards. Like, yeah. I, when I read cards like Bar the Door... Which is an instant that gives your whole board plus O plus four. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Wizards designed this to trick new players into drafting it because they don't know that it's terrible. They don't like yeah. <laughs> that's what it's for. This is this is a prank by by the R and D department. But like being able to look at that card and be like, oh, it's really good in this deck. Like that. Yeah, just... it has added twenty power to the board. Cool. Yeah. For three mana. Like, oh, you declare no blocks, so you can take twelve. What if you take 30 instead? <laughs> what if? <laughs> dumb, dumb. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, shield wall, all that stuff. It, it turns yeah. spider silk armor into like a super juicer. I mean, it's already a great card, but... Yeah, spider silk armor is just uh, what, guy's, guy's anthem. Yeah, plus Plus reach. <laughs> plus like, reach. <laughs> yeah, all your creatures get plus one, plus one in reach. Yeah, your one a, mana 04 camel with spider silk armor is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for Beautiful. it. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh that's pillar two. That's that's what the booties look like uh in Huatli. Sweet. Uh Liam, what do your mono black booties uh look like over there? Yeah, so in my deck I have roughly forty seven ish creatures. Uh Ooh, right. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of creatures in this deck, about half. And of those 40 plus creatures, over 20 of them have 4 plus toughness. Like, over half of my creatures will naturally trigger my commander, uh, which is kind of the goal of the deck to trigger the commander. Sure. 
of those 40 plus creatures, another 11 ish. I, I, I say ish because I did a very rough search on the deck, so I'm not entirely sure that it was accurate. But another 11 ish have three toughness, which can very easily get to four with an incidental counter here or there. Uh, they yep. could get there through some ability, they could get there through an equipment, like things that are, that, that are more likely than not going to have four toughness by the time they die. Uh, so that makes about 75% of my creatures. The rest are in there because the really good Aristocrats pieces, like Sacrifice Outlets, or the really good Aristocrats pieces in the fact that they trigger off of things dying. You know, Some of them happen to have four toughness, but not all of them do. Uh, so the rest of them are just kind of there to help make the deck function. But right. that's that's really kind of it, is we want creatures to naturally have that four toughness, or we want creatures to be very, very close to that four toughness. Uh, there are a couple of pieces that did skate by with two toughness, and I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at general, like, you know, meat and potatoes making the deck function creatures. I'm talking about, like, creatures that are aristocratic, creatures that, like, have a good ability that I want, uh, kind of like flesh bag effects, mm-hmm. but they just, they, they don't have three toughness, they have two. Uh, and they right. kind of skate by, and so when it comes to like the equipments or, or the counter grantors, I tried to focus on ones that that gave two counters. That way, I was I was guaranteed to get to, to that four. But you know, sometimes they they just don't. You know, sometimes you have a neg one counter already on your thing, or sometimes it gets minused by some other ability from your opponents, which sounds you know. It sounds fake, but it happens more often than you think it does. <laughs> it happens happens yep. more often in PDH than you think it would. Yeah, uh, those things just fly around. That's what I've I've noticed compared to to other formats. But yeah, I, I try to focus on the two toughness granters. Uh, so things like Spider Silk Net and Riot Gear, maybe not the sure. best equipment in other decks, but perfectly fine here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that's one of the things I really like about these three by three episodes is we find cards like that, cards that mm-hmm. really aren't super great in most decks or hardly any decks but they're really cool in these specific yeah, like, decks. Yeah, <laughs> like they may not be the the thing that wins you the game in this deck, but the it's really cool that they actually have a home here. Yeah, they serve a a function which they haven't really done before. Yeah, and I'm scrolling through your list, I may have to switch over to Snow-Covered Swamps and play Priest of Haunted Edge. That, that's pretty spicy. I think you should switch to Snow-Covered Swamps so that you can play Drift of the Dead. <laughs> that common? I don't know. It might be. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Who's coming on Masters Edition Part yeah. Two? MTGO. I yeah. Mean, yeah. 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 Drift of the Dead is big. Yeah. For those of you that small. don't know, it's three generic and a black for a wall with defender. It's a star star, and its power and toughness are each equal to the number of snow lands you control. <laughs> it's going in right now. I mean, yeah. priest <laughs> priest of haunted edge is amusing enough you don't really need drift of the dead you don't need you don't need any <laughs> yeah. of these old bordered cards come on that's fantastic what was it actually printed in paper ice age and cold snap so there, theme deck so interesting yeah there there is there's a printing with a new frame that's not the, cold the new frame that's the modern frame <laughs> dave dave i don't know if you know this but we've we've had this thing called the 2015 frame for about nine years at this point we're going on year 10 here pretty pretty uh, shortly impossible that that dear listeners is what we in the business call fake news it's not fake, fake news. moving it, it right came on. out with uh magic brad Core what's your pillar three look like this was summer 2014 so we're about six what do you months got away. what is you want to remind us what pillar three is <laughs> i do pillar three is how are you not gonna die patent pending uh my pillar three my plan for not dying 
is abruptly ending that conversation and talking overly and loudly. <laughs> my plan. In a desperate attempt to, to save myself from some emotional damage. My plan and is to works. only use cards and from fire moving... design. <laughs> fire right design. Along. That are going three to be three, infinitely three better. Design. <laughs> <laughs> better than yeah. Drift of the Dead? Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, Too Much Do will back us up on this one. It is dope. All right. Uh, All right. So, <laughs> so I don't know the difference three. between a modern frame and a 2015 frame, but oh my Pillar 3 is I know about that they how exist. to not die. I don't think I could pick them out, but I know they exist. No, I, th- uh... I think I probably could. Like, one of them, like, the, the, the color on the card, like, curves in at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Look, just look at the bottom and, like, of the, the card. The, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, Like, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the, the copyright date in the illustrator is always, like, black. It's not, like, mm-hmm. covering up. The, the the frame of the card anymore right, right. The, the colored frame yeah so I, I probably could pick it out of the lineup that something changed but it feels that felt like a very minor tweak compared to the the you know pre mirrodin post mirrodin border right shift, yeah huge frame change. shift so like i i just don't ever pay attention to it at all <laughs> right and drift of the dead has the sweet ice age frames so yeah the sweet it's, ice. it's a lock it is a lock i love drift of the dead so much because theoretically it could be a uh, 28-28. It could be big. I've never seen it get 2020s, but yeah, um, no, that's pretty definitely awesome. not small. Chances of it's it being greater small. than four, pretty pretty good. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. I'll take it. I'll take those chances. All right. How am I not, not going to die in the catapult deck? I'm um, basically hoping that my giant wall of beef is enough to keep me alive. Uh, I'm not really running... Mm, a ton of removal in these decks. Uh, we sort of talked about it in the pre-show. I, I think it was a pre-show where I, I know personally when whenever we sort of like highlight these particular decks or strategies or archetypes in these three by three episodes, I generally don't put a lot of removal into these particular decks because I like to sort of show what the archetype can do. So I try to jam as much of that into uh, the deck as possible or the strategy as possible. You know, if, for some reason, if you're going to take this catapult fodder deck and build it in paper and play it on a spell table or at your LGS or whatever, clearly you probably want to make a little bit of room for some cast downs or some go for the throats or whatever your, you know, your favorite removal spells are. There's definitely room for them. Just I didn't put any here because I wanted to jam as much of the butt into the deck as possible. So I think I have one or two maybe removal spells in here. I think I have... Severed strands. That's like the the main one I put in oh. here. <laughs> just because it's hilarious. One, that's just yeah. that's just good comedy. You know, uh, you can sacrifice a creature to to destroy uh, target creature and opponent controls, but you gain life equal to the toughness of the sacrificed creature. Like, that's just hilarious. So and it works perfectly in a deck like this. Uh, other than that, really, I'm just trying to stay alive by creating a wall of giant butts that are going to protect me. Um, I have a little bit of life gain, like I mentioned, severed, severed strands. I have Reckoner's Bargain in here, uh, which gave me a little bit of life. You know, and that's really about it. I don't, this deck isn't super complicated. It's 40 creatures, uh, 35 lands, and then just some miscellaneous equipment and stuff, like to make the creatures bigger. And that's about it. So I'm really just hoping that I can get my creatures down early enough that they'll protect me. Like, I have uh, a zero drop, and I have a couple one drops, but literally, it just goes up from there. I mean, it tops out at, you know, 
seven mana, six mana, six mana, six mana. Like I have very expensive creatures in this deck, so I really need to, because it's going to be so slow getting the mana to cast these creatures, even with some mana rocks, I need to have that those walls sometimes literally in front of me to keep me alive. So I'm sort of trusting that my creature my creature base will uh, keep me from not dying, and it doesn't doesn't really get much more complicated than that. Pretty straightforward, I think. Uh, what do you got for Pillar 3, Dave? How are you staying alive? You're just going to keep minusing uh, Hawatli, right? Just gaining all the life? I still haven't actually read Hawatli's minus ability, so I, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, my plan is just that uh, we talked about, you know, you can go really aggressive with a bunch of these two mana, three mana, like one fours. Turns out a lot of them have vigilance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Uishan Soldier puts in work in this deck and like yeah you're just gonna you're gonna be attacking with four fours constantly and then you're also just gonna have them available to block like there's that what's that new thing that like uh the brownies really into the um, thousand something infantry oh thousand moons infantry yeah, yeah. The, the three mana two four secretly three mana four four that just untaps itself every end step <laughs> like that one's gonna just block for days yep sure so like will. that's that's my plan to keep myself alive. <laughs> vigilance guy, vigilance five fives and spider silk armor. You know, and, uh, not I, for I nothing, did, but like core celebrant is super awesome here. It's basically a four four, a three mana four four that just gains you life as you keep yeah. casting creatures. It's a three mana four four <laughs> soul sister. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Yeah, and like I did, I did cave and I put in three removal spells. I thought sure. three's three's plenty for this deck. I got O ring <laughs> vanish return but yeah mostly it's just like there's there's like a there's a little bit of incidental life gain going on in here uh with like one of the i mentioned before like getting trample is going to be kind of a problem like my favorite trample spell in this deck is called vigorous charge which is a one mana instant that gives kick that gives trample and you can kick it for a white mana if you kick it for the white mana the creature also gains lifelink yeah that is secretly powerful yeah (laughs) Uh, that's gonna put in some work. Uh, fortifying <laughs> provisions gets me a food. Uh, yeah, a lot of just like incidental little like small things that are gonna gain me small small little chunks of life. One one of these like one fours has life link, the Uishan medic. Yeah. So yeah, a couple ways to gain life. Uh, mostly. You know, it's funny that you know, Liam and I were talking about you know these three by three episodes are like a chance to you know for these cards to shine. They don't see play anywhere else, and it's really cool. Like. I don't know, 90 cards in your deck aren't anywhere else in anyone else's deck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're all really awesome here. <laughs> they're really good in this specific deck, and they're kind of useless outside of this deck. Things like uh, yeah, things like Core Celebrant. Like, normally, you don't want a 3-mana 1-4. So right. A... Apprentice yeah. Sharpshooter. Like, that's a cool one. 3-mana 1-4 with reach and training. Like... Yeah, training's good. Yeah. Um, looming Altasaur is the Four mana one seven tormented yep. angel. Four mana tormented one angel. flyer. Yeah, yeah. four mana five five flyer. Cool. cool. Four mana five five flyer. It's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And then the uh, the good old three mana four four vigilance infect. Yeah, the the <laughs> priests of Norn. Uh huh. Priests of yeah. Norn. <laughs> that card is really silly. Uh huh. <laughs> My favorite card in this deck is the Haz the Snare Squad. It's a uh, three mana one four. Uh, when it attacks, you can pay a white mana if you do tap target creature and opponent controls. 
because uh like i said this deck is going to have problems with like getting through mm -hmm. like it, there's no there's not any meaningful quantity of evasion and like the trample spells like if you run a lot of the trample spells the trample spells are always like a power toughness boost and trample and you're like ah, i only need one of those things like, yeah <laughs> i don't i don't need the power boost i'm paying more i'm paying too much for this i'm overpaying for this trample spell because right. i Just don't care trample. about the power boost yep so like it's hard to find evasion ish cards cards that are going to help you punch through that are still really synergistic with the deck and Haas to snare squad i think is the perfect one yeah just because it's a, effectively a three mana four four that's gonna tap one of your opponent's blockers every turn yep so yeah yeah lots of lots of cool cards in this deck that don't and rightly shouldn't see play elsewhere but that are like actual <laughs> rightly shouldn't yep. <laughs> in huali yeah the uh, charging paladin three mana two two but gets plus oh plus three <laughs> when it attacks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Funny, 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 funny. Cool. Uh, let's pass it on over to Liam and see what his pillar three is. What do you got? My pillar three is uh, pretty straightforward. So my commando gains life as it does the thing that the deck does, which is sacrificing creatures. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, in addition to that, there are some life gain in the deck with the aristocrat sub-theme with things like Epicure of Blood and Falconrath Noble. I, I know Sniff's going to hate this, but the, the idea is that we live long enough to... Su we survive long enough by draining the opponents and gaining life. Yes. Black is very good at that. Marauding Blight Priest, yes. that is excellent choice. Yes, Black yes. is very good at gaining gaining the life. All the life. some Extort as well. There is some Extort in there, because Extort is amazing. Yeah. Extort is pretty good. Yeah, that's it. That's Pillar 3. I like it. Yeah. I like that. It's one reason I like mono black as a whole is just it doesn't have to like work really hard to fall back on a certain thing. Like a lot of like mono black just is inherently life gain, okay, or it's inherently death touch. Like it inherently has ways to make combat awkward or to negate combat damage to a certain extent, and it doesn't really have to work super hard to do that. Yeah, which I like quite a bit. I. I, I associate black a lot with like paying life for things. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of you know the the knight's whisper, the sign in bloods. The, like you are you are paying life. You are so ambitious that you're going to spend your your precious life resource to gain an advantage. Like that's yeah. what I usually associate with black. But like it's it, I'm always surprised at how much life gain it has as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like punishing forms of it too. Yes. Yeah. I know. Which is I know. Really cool. People always, you know, are shitting on white because oh, all it does is gain life. It's like, yeah, but when you look at black, like it's not, it's not <laughs> all it does, but it gains a pretty substantial chunk of life as well. Yeah, and a lot of times it's taking that life from you. White doesn't do that. Right, right. White, white just you know <laughs> gains three, four, five at a time. Black is like I'll only gain two, but it's your two. Yeah, I'm draining <laughs> it from is, the entire table. This is our life, comrade. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And with so much aristocrat type stuff, it makes combat awkward because they're like, oh, I could attack into him, but it'll just, even if he chump blocks it, he'll just sacrifice it and get a bonus off of it somewhere. And Right. So, yeah. That's the thing about aristocrats boards that get irritating sometimes is when they get really big and clogged up and there's just like 20 things on the board. It's like, yep. I don't even want to bother because I'm sure they have some way to just make a 50-50 token and gain 50 life and <laughs> dome me for 50 as it dies on the way out. Like, you know, it's not yep. even worth the time. Like, Yep. Yep. Black is very good at that. 
Awesome. Those are some some very good pillar threes. Uh, let's move into pillar four. This is my favorite one. Probably everybody's favorite one. How are we going to not run out of that super sweet juice? Uh, my pillar four, this sort of is like what I mentioned with the removal spells in pillar three. But I probably should find a way to fit a few more in here. I don't have a ton of draw spells. Black, kind of like Dave said, you really have to work for what you want. Uh, even if it's something like Village Rights, Fanatical Offering, Reckoner's Bargain. Those will draw me cards at the cost of sacrificing a creature. And I've only got really those three in there. Uh, I could have gone the, uh, you know, Deadly Dispute, Alter's Reef, Costly Plunder, all this stuff. These crazy draw spells, Knight's Whisper, everything, you know, Sign and Blood, Read the Bones, yada, yada, yada. But that would have probably more than likely taken away from my creature package, and I didn't want to do that right away. Uh, if I ever decide to, like, really play this deck, get into it, look at some other lists, see how they're playing, it may, these, these numbers may change a little bit. Uh, so what I did end up doing, which I feel more at home in a mono black deck is, Instead of loading up with 8 to 10 draw spells, just straight up draw spells, I went with the Village Rites, the Fanatical Offering, the Reckoner's Bargain. But then I went with the more traditional mono-black card advantage route of uh, reanimation with Exhume, you know, uh, Recursion with Resourceful Return, uh, Dread Return, even Disturbed Burial, Cemetery Recruitment, that sort of thing, Crawl from the Cellar even... Um, they're not super powerful. I mean, Dread Return's great. Exhume is obviously great. And if I can exhume, you know, I don't know, the, the 13 butt or the Troll of Casa Doom or the Marsh Mist Titan, something like that, like that's huge tempo. That's huge card advantage that's going to either help me out in combat, help close out, you know, opponents' life totals, or it's just going to be more fodder, more fodder for my commander, you know? So. I went with the recursion slash reanimation package more so than the draw spells just because these creatures are going to die a lot. Like, I'm not going to leave an O5 on the board doing nothing. That O5 is going to die the first chance I get. So I want to try to find a way to bring that O5 back. And that's what I went ahead and went with. Instead of, like, trying to fill my hand with fresh fresh creatures from the deck every single turn, uh, I'll just try to reanimate some, get some of the more important ones back. And Because uh, there's some that do have... You know, uh, ETBs, like, um, where'd it go? The Gluttonous Gas gives me a food token. Um, I'm in Mono Black, so I put Gary in here. Obviously, he's got the best ETB in the in the whole format. The uh, Rot Feaster Maggot, that sort of thing. There's a few. There's a handful. There's a Staunch Throne Guard. So there's a decent amount of ETBs in here, really powerful ones, that uh, work really well with the reanimation one. And one that I just sort of, like, I, I don't know how I missed this in... Lost Caverns of Ixalan, but the Rampaging Spike Tail, the one that Swamp Cycles for two, and when it ETBs, oh, yeah. target creature gets plus two, plus zero, oh, and indestructible. Like that is great. That is enormous. Yeah, that's that's a really good, really good creature right there. So, uh, yeah, just all stuff like that. A little bit of draw, a little bit of recursion, some reanimation, and we're just gonna see where that gets me. So that's pretty much my juice right there. I'm sure. After a handful of games, those numbers would be tweaked. I'd probably take out a creature that underperformed and throw in that Knight's Whisper or something like that. But right now, I'm pretty happy with where it's at. It's really just give me my black mana sources, give me some mana rocks, and I'm just going to start dropping creatures and hopefully not be hellbent. That's my plan. So, Seems which like sounds. A good plan. Yeah, it is a good plan. That's typically how I build plan. most mono black decks. So, 
Uh, what do you got for uh, keeping that tank full, Dave? Uh, I have dedicated three entire cards to not running out of gas. <laughs> this is, uh, I really went all out in this green-white deck. Uh, sure. The three cards are Winding Way, Lead the Stampede, and You Meet in a Tavern. Cool. That's. <laughs> they all do the same thing. You know, with 38 creatures that lead the stampedes, like a three-mana draw four sometimes? Draw five? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not bad. I also, my, my favorite not running out of gas card in this deck is Militia Bugler, which is a three oh, mana, so good two, three deck. human soldier with vigilance. See, it's another, it's another guy with butt and vigilance. Like, yep. <laughs> they just, it's so easy in this deck. With added bonus, when it enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card with power two or less <laughs> from among them, put it into your hand. Yep. So this is a three mana two three vigilance that also puts like a seven seven in your hand, yep. or a five five flyer or a, a four four vigilance, which like <laughs> militia bugler is good in a lot of decks. I don't think it is better in any deck than it is in this one. No, like, this, this, is, this seems is like what it was printed for. Peak militia bugler. Yeah, peak bugler right here. Yeah, literally, stupid. it's just you get you get to take your pick. Yeah, because they are all one and two power creatures. <laughs> one of one of the cards you could rip right off the top with a militia bugler is my other favorite terrible not running out of gas card, <laughs> Sentinel Wood Readers, which is a three mana one. Who and who and the what what? <laughs> yeah, three mana one four with a three mana kicker. If you kick it, draw two cards. <laughs> so it's a Phyrexian Gargantua, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's I have I have very few not running out of gas cards. Uh, that's not bad. Like four, you know, the uh, Wood Readers is four mana for a four four that draws you two cards. No, three. Sorry, if you want to draw two, it's six total mana. If you want to draw the cards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did my math but, wrong. Yep, still yeah, three six, six three four, mana four, creature draws you two. Mana, <laughs> yeah, which which is Phyrex and Gargantua. Not yep. not bad. Recently yeah, downshifted to common. I wanted to focus really, really heavily on the aggressive side of this deck, so I want to like I I'm not too worried about running out of gas. I expect to like beat people to death before I have to worry about being hellbent. Sure. But uh, I did decide that this is sort of the ideal kind of deck. This this deck where you're you're really low to the ground, and you are expecting to you know be you know just dumping your hand early into aggressive threats and turning them sideways. Like I I legitimately think that like. Well, first of all, this deck has no ramp because uh, right. it doesn't need ramp. It's gonna be it's gonna be playing its hand turn one, two, three, four, five. Like you don't, it's gonna curve out really well. Mm -hmm. You you don't want to spend one of your curve turns like you don't want to play the arcane signet so that you can have four mana on turn three. That's not gonna help you. You want three mana on turn three right. because you played a creature, a, a big attacker on turn two. So there's no ramp. I think this deck is going to, you know, hit turn six or seven with uh, an empty grip and five or six lands in play because the deck's on 37 lands. Yep. And that makes it the ideal deck for Hidden Courtyard and Hidden Nursery. The, mm, the cave cycle nice. from yep. Ixalan that lets you pay five mana, sacrifice the land to cascade on four or discover on four, I guess. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is. You know these lands and the spheres as well from from all will be one. They uh, let you sacrifice them to draw a card. Uh, these are, I think, just the perfect cards for 
this kind of low to the ground aggressive deck that wants to be doing things early and is going to run out of things to do and will have these lands in play that it can very easily sacrifice. Yep. Yeah, like it, these Cascade lands you're you are using them in this deck I think the exact way that they were meant that they were printed. Like Watsi wanted these lands at common and they wanted them costed such that you had something to do in the later turns so you felt like you were still playing the game. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they're doing here. Yeah, so, like there's great. there's a there's a lot of decks where like I I love the idea of these caves. There's a lot of decks that I'm not putting caves into because I don't think that that deck is gonna run out of gas. Like I'm not worried about hitting turn six, seven, eight, and being like, man, I have all this mana but nothing to do with it. I wish one of my lands in play was a cave so I could pour this mana somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like. I've I have some decks that just never run out of gas, and so they right. don't ever want beyond the caves. But like this is a deck that is definitely for sure gonna run out of gas, <laughs> and I want to be able to cascade into you meet in a tavern, like that. That seems ideal. That seems real good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and you're looking over your deck list. Uh, let me read the courtyard again real quick. Yeah, the cascade lands literally hit every single card in your deck. Yeah. There's no, yep. nothing in my deck costs more than four. Yep, four is, that is, four is the top end. That's beautiful. Yeah. I didn't notice that until now. Which is which is why you need the Cascade Lands. Yeah, which is exactly gonna, why. <laughs> like, you're, that's that's what I mean to say. It's really low to the ground. Like, there is no top end. Like, the top end. The, like, the, the what am I going to do with all this mana? It's the Hidden Lands. That's yeah. it. Pretty much, pretty much. Because, yeah, after, you know, including and after turn five, you'll probably be double spelling or have the mana to double spell. And that'll that'll tear up your hand pretty quick. Yes. Awesome. So that looks good. Uh, Liam. How are you going to keep that tank full? Yeah, so keeping the tank full on this deck is actually pretty easy. I was I was really concerned as I was building the deck that there were a lot of creatures, that the deck needed a lot of creatures to function. Because uh, the, the main win condition is going to be Keru Bloodseeker, Bloodsucker, with, with the secondary win condition of just like aristocrat value. And so right. I needed a lot of creatures to make that happen. As it turns out, there are a lot of sacrifice outlets that are on creatures that draw you cards. So <laughs> this deck is looking to take advantage of those repeatable outlets. Things like Bushmeat Poacher, Soul Reaper of Mogus, Spark Reaper, Lampad of Death's Vigil. Things that just deal with life, deal with cards, deal with getting creatures off the board. There's a couple of other value pieces along the way that will get you cards, whether it's like incidental ETB ability, incidental ETB abilities, <laughs> my brain got ahead of my mouth there for a second. Or whether it's an in-mass spell like um, Reckoner's Bargain with Life or Siphon Mind with cards. Otherwise, the deck is looking to kind of just protect its commanders, its its commander and the aforementioned repeatable sacrifice outlets, kind of with equal priority. Focusing on those outlets, keeping them on the board along with the commander. And the deck isn't afraid to go tall. It's hard casting six and seven drops, so we've got a lot of mana rocks as well. Really, we're mm-hmm. just looking to use those sacrifice outlets to keep the card velocity going. Right. And yours is built in a way that definitely takes advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah, you don't often see, like, it's just top to bottom loaded with aristocrat stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't and a take lot a... of it is just uh, surprisingly draws cards. Like, I didn't realize Bushmeat Poacher drew a card. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I can't take a hundred percent credit for this deck. Uh, a lot of the f- I don't want to I don't want to call them philocuds. So a lot of the value creatures, like w- actually, which creatures do you pick that have three, four, or five toughness? Like like which ones are the good ones? I got mm-hmm. those from Scarecrow, from Paul. So okay. he has a Karu list that he forwarded my way some months ago that I've I've kept in my back pocket literally for this episode, but. He he was my inspiration for a lot of those picks. But when it comes to like actually Reckoner's Bargain or uh some of the supporting rocks like that, that's where I come in. <laughs> but this yeah. A lot of these cards, like I, I looked at them for the first time the last two days and it was just like, wow, like that's that's the pick, you know. I can't think of anything right. else. And I think he gets it on a lot uh, in, in on this podcast because of Dave, but uh, Gary is actually really fantastic in this deck. <laughs> He's four toughness I... naturally. He's a sacrifice, you know, related creature, and he gains life. He's just absolutely busted, and I don't know why Dave just doesn't like him. <laughs> Absolute I... madness. I I respect that he's a remarkable card. He's like one of the best commons ever printed. I just really dislike the play patterns that he creates like i've i've used gary to win games i've i've ridden across the finish line on the back of gary single-handedly sure yeah yeah it feels bad i don't like it yeah like i've never i've never done that and then afterwards been like that was a really good game i'm glad it ended <laughs> like that and like i've watched other that people was do well that. Like, balanced i've i've <laughs> lost games to gary always leaves a bad taste in my mouth like sure. i i i will never sit here and tell you that it's a bad card because you constantly, and and it's not just like the sudden swing, the sudden game ending, you know that sort of thing. It's once Gary is cast for the first time, you have to worry about Gary for the entire rest of the game. Yeah, right. Whether it's like, flickers, whether it's uh, grave flickers, whether it's exhume and reanimation. Like I, pl- I played a comp game once where I I played a Gary and someone frogified it for some reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what like future threat they thought this is two four <laughs> zombie was going to present but right. my gary got frogified and i was like whatever it's still relevant and i attacked and he's like lol you're hilarious no blocks and i was like it's a ninja now i'm gonna gary again and they were like uh, yeah welcome to like, the party pal right <laughs> yeah. yeah like it's it just if it doesn't win immediately it's going to threaten to win immediately and it yeah. just like yeah i i recognize remarkable card incredible amazing i just think it's unfun mm-hmm Sure. So I've been pulling it from my decks. Because even in like, you know, it's in my deck, obviously, because I've got 100,000 black pips. So why not Gary? You know, it's got four yeah. butt, so that matters. But then, you know, like you said, it's you cast Gary, you drain everybody for 16 or whatever. You're, you know, you're a mile ahead and then someone kills it. And you're like, OK, haha, exhume. Give me 18 more life. Like, right. It's not what I'm trying to do, but yeah. it's a thing that happens. Sorry. <laughs> and then yeah. I did. I totally forgot in my pillar four. Uh, a creature that has toughness bigger than its power that is super gas, and that is Howling Golem. Howling Golem, the yeah. white boy. Howling He's in Golem. here. I, to- I totally forgot he was in here, but yeah, two, three for three. Bring it on. That'll draw me all sorts of cards. But yeah, I play Gary. Doesn't feel great, but I play Gary. Why, Why didn't I put Howling Golem in Huatli? Am I bad at this game? Yes. That would have been... I put it in my yes. list, and I totally forgot it was here when I talked about Pillar yes. 4, so... I just... I threw this list together in, like, 20 minutes before was, the show started, and I was forgot... Was it 20 minutes and one second, or 29, 29 minutes, minutes and one, and one second. second? Yep. Forgot he's, Howling Golem. He's gone. slipping. 
Forgot Scare Tiller. <laughs> He's slipping in his old age. How All do you right, feel let me about fix this deck. This is sort of tangentially related. <laughs> I guess I guess it's more important or maybe more relevant in your Huatli deck because you have the courtyards and such. How do you feel about in like my deck or Liam's deck? How do you feel about a Scare Tiller in monocolor decks? I I I love what Scare Tiller does. It was you're... in this it was in my list in the original draft, but I have since taken it out. So I was like, oh, oh. I'm running mostly basics. If if Scare Tiller is going to reliably pull a land out of your graveyard into play, then I think it is remarkable ramp. Mm-hmm. If if you're not going to have that, if Scare Tiller is going to be the thing that puts a land into play from your hand, I think that doing that starting on turn five is a really bad use of a Scare Tiller. So if right. you're gonna if you want to dedicate some of your land slots to the like. The I have, couple, fetches, I have a couple cyclers, and, a, and I have the necropolis, yeah. hidden necropolis, and that's really it for my for well, lands that could be in the graveyard. If if that's it, then I wouldn't run the tiller. Okay. If you want to be on the tiller, you need to run the whole tiller package in monocolor. Which I I think the scare tiller package for monocolor is the cave, the sphere, all three capenna fetches, and probably uh, either shire terrace or the promising vein, maybe mm. both. Okay. Like, if you're going to commit to all of that, which is a lot to commit to in monocolor. Sure. That's a lot sure, of sure. it's a lot of lands that are going to come into play tap. If you're going to commit to that, then the Scare Tiller will reliably have graveyard targets to pull it into play, and then it can become really strong. Or alternatively, like, if you're in mono black and just are on the mill plan, mm-hmm. if you're going to be doing self-mill, that's great. Then Scare Tiller absolutely has a home. I think if you're Go, if you're monocolor and you're not on that package, then Scare Tiller probably is not going to be doing what you want. Right. Like in, in red, you can do it with a lot of, you know, the draw and discard effects. Like if you, if, if you have enough tormenting voices, Scare Tiller becomes a threat. Oh, yeah. Like if it's, you can, it's in if you can my, loot, him, loot him away or rummage him away. Sure. It's in my Heiko deck because Heiko has a lot of those looting and rummaging effects. And like I, I've had to, like Heiko has to attack with only one creature. Mm-hmm. And it can't be a scarecrow, so like <laughs> I've I've worked true, really true. hard to try and like make Scare Tiller work in Heiko because like Heiko is a monocolor deck that really wants to be pulling that land out every turn, and it has ways to put the lands in the graveyard, and like you know it has like Viridian Longbows and like Ninja's Kunai and you know the I, I think I run the the stupid lands that let you tap a creature for to add any color. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. The like those are and all in, that stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Survivors of Canada, that's what it's called. Those are in Heiko exclusively because of Scare Tiller. Right. So I think that it can be very powerful in monocolor decks. You just that's, have to... I think you touched on my next question, too. Like, So you're in monocolor, and you want to do the Scare Tiller package, and you've got the Capenna fetches, and you've got this and that, and you've got the Shire Terrace and all that. Are you... Uh, sort of cultivating the rest of your deck around being able to tap Scare Tiller at will? Or are you just like, eh, in combat I'll get a land back sort of thing? Yeah. You know, are wanna... you doing the Spring Leaf Drum? Are you doing the Viridian Longbow? Only, like all that sort of thing. Only in Heiko. Because Heiko is the only deck I have that doesn't want to attack with Scare Tiller. Fair. Yeah, every every other deck. Like, Blake, Blake and I have had this argument a couple times before where Blake... Blake also loves Scare Tiller, and he wants to be on like Viridian Longbows and Springleaf Drums for it, because mm-hmm. he's he's worried about like sometimes there just aren't good attacks for Scare Tiller. And I was like, in the Pal Studio, 
there are always good attacks for Scare Tiller. It doesn't <laughs> matter if every one of your opponents has a 5-5 Death Touch blocker up, ready to go. You point at any of them at random, and they will take the damage from the Scare Tiller. Fair. <laughs> like, I, yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm all in on the combat Scare Tiller plan. I do not need... I do not need to complicate the scare tiller plan. Okay. I, unless Heiko complicates it for me. <laughs> That's fair. Totally fair. Yeah. Oh, we got through those pillars pretty quick. What do you think about your deck, Liam? Is it something you actually would would try out? I think it's something that I would try out. I don't actually know that I would enjoy playing it. Okay. I'm I'm is it not the, the grindiness of it or what it's a little bit of the grindiness. Is... It's it's also just the aristocrats is, is not a strategy I am strong with. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like like I, I definitely have had aristocrats decks that I enjoyed, like uh Shirei was a deck that I, I loved. But it's just it, it takes a certain something in an aristocrats commander and I just I don't know if this has it. Like I, I won't know until I play it kind of thing sure yeah but it it seems good the the ability on the bloodsucker having to pay three mana that's a little steep but you know i'm sure you could work with that what were you gonna say dave i I was gonna say that the the thing that i think makes this deck work is that it drains for two which is not trivial and the deck is packed with other things that are also going to drain so like i think all the different sources of drain you have here are going to add up real fast if you play this like this like if imagine sacrificing a I don't know crypt lurker doesn't matter imagine mm-hmm. sacrificing anything you want to a lampad of death's vigil <laughs> while you have a an epicure of blood in play like the lampad's gonna drain for one the bloodsucker's gonna drain for two the the epicure of blood is gonna trigger twice that's that's five life loss right off of a off of a crypt lurker. Yeah, and that's not counting marauding blight priest and right. Yeah, you know, and I, I just went through your deck and I did I did the little highlighter uh, trick and I just typed in the word lose. Yeah, there's, there's 18 cards yeah. in your deck that the, make people lose life. For the card I was reasons. looking for, like at, at the beginning of the episode, the card I was like, oh, I need to check if Liam's deck has this one card in it. The card I was looking for is Caustic Hound. And it is in the deck. It is in there. My yep. favorite life loss card is a six mana four four yeah. that makes each player lose four life when it dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's that a and your rift on a body. I I, yeah. I read that off of Scarecrow's list and I was like, yes, this this <laughs> yes, is going, going in. This is what I'm here for. Yeah, I really love you sacrifice it and you only take two because you gain two. And everyone, everyone else, else loses six. Six like <laughs> that. Yeah, and then you exhume it. Do it and then again. you exhume it to do it again and again yeah. and again. Yeah, there's for being a mm, aristocrats, particularly a, a mono color, a single color aristocrats deck. There is a lot. This deck attacks on a lot of angles. You know, you're not. You can just get in there with combat if you want. You got all the maker guy, maker guys bigger stuff with the aristocrats. You've got the life loss. You've got the drain. You got some extort going on. Like there is a ton of stuff going on here. Actually, looks pretty sweet. Yeah, I I like this deck. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I like it better than my stupid catapult deck. Huh? <laughs> What's wrong with the stupid catapult? No, deck? I, I like it. I like it. Uh, and something too, you know, if 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 any of the listeners out there are interested in the catapult fodder deck, 
the we talked about it in the pre-show a little bit. I guess the pals have a deck. You said Eric has this deck. Is that what you said? Is it Eric? Um, Somebody from the pals. Oh, the fo- catapult fodder deck. I I I built it and mailed oh, it. Oh, you John. built it and mailed it to the mailed it to the pals. Yeah, and yeah. it was on the grave flickers to where yeah. You uh, sacrifice them to the fodder. You hit them with a grave flicker. They come back. You do it again. You do it again. Yada, yada, yada. And that's something you can totally do. I hadn't really considered that when I built this. I was more literally just along the lines of, all right, I want some village rights stuff, and I want to reanimate. That's what I want to do. I want to kill my creatures with my commander and then bring them back. I want to exhume them. I want a resourceful return. I want to do whatever. Dread return, Mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. But uh, that is totally something you can do. And there is... We have a ton of those grave flicker effects now, so. But you did you did give me the warning that 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 route is particularly uh, oppressive. I, w- with the way the pals play in the pals meta specifically, mm-hmm. the the pals the pals will spend an hour playing a game of magic, and during that hour they will they will make all of their attacking decisions based on whoever has the most life. So everyone's life is going to chunk down kind of evenly until you get to the end of the game and everyone is at like between 10 and 15. Right. And then you go, here's my unhallowed phalanx. <laughs> and everyone goes, oh, oh you can kill dead. any one of us at instant speed anytime you want. Like as soon as anyone shows any kind of aggression at you, they die immediately. And you go, yep, past turn. And then like... <laughs> It just ends the games in a way that's really sort of anticlimactic and like just really like hopeless. Yeah, is what you know, I found. You know, uh, winning the game like that is not too dissimilar from winning like from winning the game with a Gary. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I thought about it like that. I this is a, a a story that I told in the pre-show. I'll I'll tell it again now quickly. I. I built the deck. I sent it to the pals. The pals uh, loved the theory of it. Kind of disliked the way that it plays out in the pals meta. I I went to the pals studio. I played one game with it. I confirmed all of their suspicions. Uh, <laughs> I think that my catapult fodder list would be much more fun if you change nothing about it except switch the commander to Karu Bloodsucker. I think that Liam has the more fun commander I for the mono black big butts deck. Yep. I, I know I yep. do. It's from Tokyo. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, see, it just keeps go. happening. There we it just <laughs> d- doesn't ever stop, does it? <laughs> but no, I agree. That's that's a good point. I think this particular the the ninety nine of catapult fodder would be awesome with the bloodsucker in charge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm actually really intrigued by the Hawatli list. I, I don't I don't know what it is, but I've been looking at the uncommon planeswalkers that I have in paper. I'm like, man, I should just go ahead and build one and just play it because they're fun. Not every single one of them is fun, but they're fun to have as your commander sometimes. And this yeah. was one of the ones on the list. So I'm actually really glad you built it. And it, it, it makes me happy that it actually looks a lot more fun than I even thought it would be. So... It looks way more fun than I thought it would be as well. Like when I, like I said, I I, I sat down to build this deck two hours ago, and like I <laughs> I didn't I didn't love Huatli two hours ago. I was like, oh, we need to have some representative of one of these the big butts go into combat decks, and uh, we decided Huatli was the most interesting of them. 
and I was like, okay, like I'll, I'll throw the deck together and do the episode and then ignore it forever. Like I've been staring at this for two hours being like, man, this, this is interesting though. Yeah. Like, but what if? Super interesting. Right. And like, I'm, oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm just doing that thing. Like, aha, just kidding. Unless <laughs> like, wait, I've just wait. been doing that to Unless. myself for two hours <laughs> staring at this deck list. I love building decks like that. It's great. And I'm, I guess I'll go out on a limb and say Hawatli is our Yargle for the week. I I think amongst our three, Hawatli is the Yargle because your two decks are very similar. You're both in the mono mono black sacrifice the butts game. Yeah, and it's it's literally printed on the text box. <laughs> I mean, Hawatli is too, but the nature of being a planeswalker and it's in Selesnia, yada yada yada. Yeah, like I, I was sure that the um, creatures do butts for combat card was not going to be the Argyle, because there's some other like toughness matters commanders that do like much different things. Like Vol is the toughness matters like big mana, big stompy commander, mm -hmm. yep. except big stompy is invoker flavored stompy, right? Uh, instead of thick meat flavored stompy, <laughs> yeah, which I guess is we did weird. all sort of pick combat focused decks i mean you know, yeah. the aristocrats and or liam's deck can extort and do life gain drain that sort of thing but well i would i say that i think Hawatli is the yargle because it's combat focused i think See, it's you it's, guys are similar because you're both on the life drain plan true it's true, 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 it's yeah. hard to pick one because toughness matters as a strategy kind of ex is is expansive over every strategy it's we're going to you know conduct a tokens or a stompy or an aristocrats or a spell slinger deck but the deck is also going to simultaneously care about the toughness of your creatures like yeah. every toughness yeah. matters deck ever in every format is like that it it's yeah. toughness matters so, is almost a sub theme so between these yeah. three decks it's probably Hwatli. yeah Hwatli is the the toughness matters combat deck Keru and yeah, there you go. are the toughness matters uh, sacrifice mm -hmm. decks. Yeah, if if uh, if Corrosed a Guild Mage is the toughness matters go wide deck. If this was EDH, Vol is the toughness matters go big deck. I would yeah. I would say that Brad and I were tied for Yogo because toughness matters is is almost always bant. Oh, mm. it's not not Doran. It 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 can be, but it's more Arcades. Oh, Arcade! I forgot that Arcades yeah. existed. Yeah. Yeah. Because he does the walls yeah, as well, cause, doesn't cause he? Because Arcades yeah. reads yep, yep, draw yep, 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 yep. and Dorian does not. But mm, when are they going to downshift Arcades? <sighs> Never. Uh, <laughs> when are they going to downshift the original Arcades? Uh, Arcades Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, it's it's definitely a Selesnya oh, strategy that can be splashing blue or black. So I, I hadn't thought about it that way because with Dorian yeah. and. The Lumber Knot we talked about earlier, so many of these are like in that Abzan shard mm -hmm. or wedge. I didn't even think about Arcades. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, cool. I think we got the. So, what did we decide on the Yargle? Hwatli. Do we have one? Between these three, it's Hwatli. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Amongst these three, it's Hwatli. Perfect. Hwatli is the, the most different from all. From, amongst these three. True. Yeah. But I think in, in the. In the wider group of all the Toughness Matters decks, I think Keru is the weirdest of these three. Yeah, I can get behind that. I was I was really prepared to 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 give 
the Yargle to Vol, but no one brought Vol. <laughs> when we when we come back and remix this, yeah, you know, I I thought about I'll bring, Vol. I'll bring Vol like, then for like seventy five seconds. I thought about a Vol deck, and I just don't. Not that I I don't know how to build a Vol deck, and I didn't feel like completely one hundred percent copying a deck to talk about as my deck on an episode, but I have. Um, I've brewed two Valdex. I haven't pulled the trigger on either of them. One of them is like a very classical standard issue. It's it's Vol and like Guild Artisan. Uh, so you know Vol is going to make a lot of mana. Guild Artisan is going to make a lot of treasures, and right. you're just going to dump all of it into Invokers. Invokers, basically. Yep. You, mm-hmm. you put Slagworm armor on Vol. You tap her for nine <laughs> mana, and you activate your Invokers all day long. So that that's just the standard issue Vol deck, just right. blue red invokers. I built another Vol deck that is one of the dumbest things I've ever conceived of, and it is. No, you did just build Zada Walls, so it's a it's a pretty <laughs> high. The bar is pretty high there. So the other Vol deck I built partners Vol with Criminal Past, mm-hmm. which okay. which gives the commander plus X plus O. X is the number of creatures in your graveyard, and so it's a self mill deck that's going to try to put. Most of its 48 creatures into its own graveyard, so the ball has a ton of power, and and it also runs great axe. Naturally, this is, a, mm-hmm. this is an axe deck. You're trying to get Vol to have a, a ton of power, and then you cast transmute, transmutate, trans transmutation. That's the card. Mm-hmm. Transmutation from Chronicles. Yep. Switch target creatures' <laughs> power and toughness. <laughs> That's it. That's the deck. That's I it. don't the, like. What are you doing with this forty suddenly forty mana? I'm gonna level up Zulaport Enforcer <laughs> four times. Oh, great! Get you a five That's, five. Yep, <laughs> gonna get a five five. <laughs> That's all this trouble. <laughs> yep, Fantastic. for the stupidest payoff. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the really bad vault deck, and uh, uh, I was like, like, I thought really hard about bringing this into the toughness matters like discussion, but like, I I don't I can't bring a deck that main decks great acts into a toughness matters discussion <laughs> like that. But it's plus that, four plus zero. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't worry about it. But <laughs> mm, mm. asking gonna... questions. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah. It's just bad. Uh, so, uh, for hopefully obviously reasons, I did not put this deck together. I yeah. just I brewed it and then I left it in the left it in the ideas pile. I where like it the I like the idea of a, a Val Criminal Pass deck, just a Demir Mill self mill sort of thing. But that's just because I like Demir self mill. Yeah, there's there's better ways to do Demir oh, self mill. Yeah, Get, for sure. Play play Sivris. Yep. <laughs> or uh, uh, play play Toast. Honestly, Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've been having a blast with uh, Mouth of Sauron deck lately. Oh, play Mouth of Sauron. That's <laughs> yeah. the Demir Mill deck. Yeah, yeah, it's so good, so much fun. Yeah, slow as hell, but a lot of fun. Oh, sweet. Well, that wraps up. I guess our last episode for the year, huh? Of 2023. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about how do you feel about the? Um, I think we had a pretty good year, huh? We had some pretty good three by threes, some good episodes, a lot of really good guests this year. I, I think overall, I'm pretty happy with it. I think we had a tremendous year. I'm really pleased. Yeah, with 
with what we've done and honest mostly honestly i'm really pleased with like how much fun we've had and how many people show up in the discord being like i really like your show <laughs> like yeah they like uh, ask questions pertaining to the episodes or the pre-show yeah. or like hey early, you know last episode well, you said this yada 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 i'm i'm just happy that like people are like entertained that's yeah that like i i was yeah. i mostly like i signed up for this to just do it for me for fun and like it's 100%. fun for other people <laughs> that that fills me with joy yeah like i assumed we would have a few fans but the amount of people that listen and actually enjoy it and heaven forbid get something out of our podcast like educationally or learn something about deck building is like it's remarkable to me for sure yeah yeah i think we're doing really good yeah i think so what do you think liam I think we're doing great. You don't have any plans of leaving, do you? Not anytime soon. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, all right. Well, I guess uh, we can start the outro. But then we got the we promised a special announcement, didn't we? So let's start the outro, and then we'll get to that announcement. Uh, so a few more things before we wrap it up for the week. As usual, if you need more Popper Commander talk or have any questions about the format, you can find us on Instagram that Liam checks about every 90 days. Uh, you can also find us on x slash Twitter. We're just the PDH pod on both of those platforms. Or you can directly just email the show here at the PDH pod at gmail.com. Uh, you can find pretty much everybody in the PDH community on the PDH home bases, uh, discord server. You can find the link to that on their website or just ask one of us. I'm sure we'll give it to you as well. Uh, Liam and I are on Twitter at Popper Command and Popper underscore B, and Dave is the Alcadron pretty much everywhere else PDH is being talked about. So all those links and the link to this announcement will be in the show details. What do you got, Liam? Yeah, so Sanctuary Open Series 4 is coming up. This is the online competitive Popper EDH tournament. Uh, the next one is on March 16th, 2024. It is at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's United States Eastern. Uh, there are cash prizes. Entry fee is $16. They are moving to, I think, eminence online tournament rules. And they are allowing both paper webcam setups and Moxfield setups. Yep. This is sure to be yeah, exciting. I think that's going to be the uh, the biggest change is the uh, allowing Moxfield decks. Yep. Yep. I know, I know Bobby's putting together some pretty cool, like supplementary prizes, possibly some participation prizes, custom tokens or something like that. But he'll have all the details. You can find him, uh, at sanctuarypdh.com or sanctuarypdh on, uh, X slash Twitter. Uh, Dave, are you, did you commit to playing in this one? Is this the one you're playing in? I am. I'm going to play in Sanctuary 4. Awesome. I, awesome. I, I, I love commentating, but like the prize structure has become far too tempting. I, got, I, can't, <laughs> I can't sleep on this any longer. i got to get in on this action. Yep, understandable. So, Yeah, that should be hey, a good uh, one. Real quick. Yeah, uh, go for it. Before, before we sign off for today, I, I want to bring you all a very special message from tonight's sponsors. Okay. Happy New Year from Alcadron's mom and dad. Did you catch that? I, we did. Caught that was that. amazing. Perfect. Send them the best wishes from us as well. Brad says, send send them the best wishes from us. Thank you very much. All right. That's all I got. You, they, tell them they raised a hell of a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, all right, cool. I think that's going to wrap up episode 80 of the PDH pod, but we want to give a big thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for the show. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, brew a deck, put some junk in that trunk, and we'll see you next year, I guess. <laughs> Ooh, peace. Cheers. See ya. I brought proper text at the party. Proper text at the party.